Hello and welcome to Pandemic Podcast, a podcast from Tech and Herald in which we focus on COVID-19 and the news around it. I'm your host Sandeep Menon. Today is the 32nd day of the lockdown in the country. In today's episode, we bring you an explainer on how various countries have different strategies to deal with COVID-19. A veteran from the style industry speaks to us on the situation and a director tells us how he is doing his bit to help those who depend on the film industry. At the time of recording this at 7 a.m. on April 25 Saturday, according to the data maintained by Tech and Herald, India has reported 24,400 COVID-19 cases with more than 1,300 new cases detected yesterday. At least 779 people have lost their lives due to COVID-19. India is now in the 16th position globally, just below Switzerland. Maharashtra has registered 390 new cases yesterday to reach 6817 total infections. Cases are seeing a slow spike in the northern states of Bihar and West Bengal. Bihar saw 53 new cases on Friday, while West Bengal saw 54 new cases. Meanwhile, the death data conundrum in West Bengal has taken a new turn. with the state disclosing that there were 57 deaths of covid positive patients among which only 18 directly died because of the virus and other 39 had severe comorbid conditions and covid was just an incidental finding among these patients what is important to note is that even though other states have similar deaths most of them are not excluded from covid-19 death count if the patient has tested positive a report from reuters says that the death rate has actually gone down in india these days It attributes quotes from people working in crematoriums and researchers and says that the lockdown may have helped reduce deaths due to crime and accidents and deaths due to medical reasons might actually go up once the lockdown is removed. Meanwhile, Karnataka saw the biggest single day surge in the number of cases with 29 cases being registered in one day. The government of Karnataka has ordered a probe into the Nanjangot cluster formation for which the source of infection remains a mystery. Did you know that Sweden has just about 17,500 cases of COVID-19, out of which 2,152 have died, but only 550 people have recovered? Compare that to India, where we have about 24,000 cases, yet only about 770 deaths. These outcomes depend on the strategies employed by the governments. My colleagues Akash and Varsha discuss some of the strategies that the countries are going for around the world to deal with COVID-19. Hello, I am Akash and I am Varsha. Today we will discuss how countries around the world have tackled COVID-19 differently and what the strategies have been. Akash, it seems as though everybody is talking about South Korea's work in fighting the COVID-19 pandemic and how it flattened the curve. Can you tell me what their strategy has been? Sure. So, South Korea's strategy has been very interesting actually. What is interesting about South Korea's strategy is that by far they seem to be the most successful in flattening the COVID-19 curve. That too without banning people's movement or shutting down factories or implementing a total lockdown. So South Korea seems to have learned a lot from another coronavirus outbreak in the country in 2015. At that time the coronavirus was MERS, MERS or uh, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. So based on their experience they have learned that extensive testing and contact tracing 
are extremely important and they started developing uh, test kits even before the infection numbers began climbing at an alarming rate mm. one of the advantages south korea had which is asia's fourth largest economy is its hyper connected society and advanced technology korea has made use of this to feed real time data on those infected to authorities and epidemiologists information including you know location times at various locations uh, cctv footage and credit card transactions are being relayed to those involved in the effort to trace the infected and contain the virus south korea's ministry of land infrastructure and transport said that the quote unquote smart city infrastructure that enables this level of tracing has reduced the time required to trace a person's movements from about a day to, to about 10 minutes about half of all infections in south korea were found to be imported hence the country ramped up testing and quarantine at all ports of entry all symptomatic arrivals uh, were required to be tested irrespective of nationality and those asymptomatic will also be tested 3 days after arrival and all arrivals irrespective of them uh, being symptomatic or asymptomatic are required to self isolate for 2 weeks and they have to use a government app that tracks the location and uh, symptoms and they have to enter the symptoms themselves but after the self isolation period is over they can uninstall the app along with this technology supported intense contact tracing highly accessible liberal testing quarantine norms and strictly adhere to social distancing the rate of infection has drastically reduced in south korea effectively flattening the curve south korean doctors experts and epidemiologists say that the success is due to their high state of vigilance uh, extreme preparedness and learning from past experiences now that's very interesting initially singapore too seemed to be able to quell the spread of the infection well but something went wrong yes uh, you are right at first singapore seemed to be going the south korean way it very much looked like they would flatten the curve as well they were also testing pretty extensively but singapore strategy to deal with covid-19 has changed over time at first the country's strategy was based for containing the number of infections at the low double digits every day but over the past week the rate of infection has exponentially increased now the country has the highest number of cases in southeast asia so what went wrong when everything was going the right direction singapore has almost a million migrants they have about 895000 migrant workers from various parts of asia mostly bangladesh and india in early february these migrant laborers started showing symptoms of covid-19 their living conditions in the dormitories which are meant for low skill migrant workers aren't like those other residents experience in singapore they live in rather cramped quarters with bunk beds uh, some have even complained of blocked toilets and overflowing garbage facilities while migrant workers were put in quarantine the government still assured payment but realized that hygiene and food supply were major challenges in these dormitories these conditions were not conducive to following strict social distancing norms that were very successful uh, in south korea by the 
time, the government locked down several dormitories, uh, provided food and took care of other concerns. It was too late and the virus had already started spreading. Authorities have faced flack for ignoring migrant workers, the living conditions and not making healthcare as accessible to them as other residents. Singapore's approach to vulnerable migrants who are often considered the backbone of economic boom and the glitzy lifestyle of the city-state has been probably the single weakest link in its response to COVID-19. Several experts say that if migrant workers were better taken care of, Singapore would have been just as successful as South Korea, if not more, in containing the pandemic. So that was the situation in Singapore. So you were reading about Sweden, right? Sweden's different way of dealing with COVID-19. What is the country up to? What are they doing precisely and how is it faring? Sweden's case has been unique. Uh, When almost the entire world was under some form of self-isolation or lockdown, Sweden uh, chose a unique way to deal with the spread of the pandemic. The country has imposed little to no restriction on public movement, choosing to keep schools and businesses open. It did warn older people to stay inside to avoid catching the disease, but this was voluntary. Um, They were also advised to wash their hands frequently and avoid travel, Uh, but Sweden called these trust-based measures. What is interesting here is that Sweden's constitution does not allow ministerial rule. In Sweden, the governmental departments are managed by ministers and are separate from administrative authorities which are independent. So this makes the public health agency a central figure and it initiates most action relating to the pandemic. The public health agency is of the opinion that this is not a disease that can be stopped or eradicated with no vaccine on the horizon. So this is all part of Sweden's long-term strategy to control the spread of uh, coronavirus and achieve herd immunity. I know these words have been you know, thrown around a lot. Um, herd immunity is also referred to as community immunity. Uh, When about 60% of the population develops immunity to a disease, then the country is set to achieve herd immunity. When a population reaches this stage, the chances of the disease spreading reduces. It is not as though Sweden has not received fair share of criticism for this strategy. A group of Mm -hmm. 2,000 scientists, doctors and experts in the field wrote to the government This included the chairman of the Nobel Foundation urging the government to change direction. As of now, Sweden has seen more deaths than its neighbors. It has seen 131 deaths per million as compared to 55 deaths per million in Denmark and 14 deaths per million in Finland. But Andrew Tegnell, the chief epidemiologist, says that they may reach herd immunity faster than was estimated as the population has already achieved 20% immunity. Um, To really know whether this strategy will work or not, we will have to wait. So the UK had also initially adopted a similar approach, right? What happened in the UK? How, How is the UK faring? So the first coronavirus case that was reported in the UK was in late January, and this was quite close to the first reported case in Sweden. 
as of now there are 143464 cases of covid-19 in the uk this is because the uk saw a sharp increase in march in march when other countries were imposing strict lockdown measures uh, the uk preferred to wait it out according to the uk prime minister boris johnson britain was weeks away from the peak and imposing such strict measures could prompt the population to become uncooperative it stopped contact tracing and stuck to testing only those admitted to hospitals so the chief uh, scientific advisor uh, sir patrick balance suggested that they would suppress the spread instead of trying to get rid of it completely and pro- protect only the vulnerable populations so this is in tandem with sweden's herd herd immunity plan but for britain achieving herd immunity would mean exposing 47 million people to the virus and given the ratio of death this would mean letting a million people die also 19% of those infected by coronavirus were affected seriously The Guardian reports that early data in January suggested that the percentage of those affected with severe critical illness was higher in the UK. So when the government saw a rapid increase in the number of cases and criticism started mounting, the UK government quickly turned its heel on the decision. But some believe that this initial strategy made Britain lose precious time. It may have delayed britain from acquiring the required number of testing kits to deal with the virus's rapid spread this may have resulted in it struggling to speed up testing for the virus so that was that was actually really interesting we must remember that there are various factors in india that are very different and hence replicating strategies followed in other countries may not be very effective but we can definitely take hints a clear and coherent strategy of extensive testing contact tracing followed in south korea seems to be the most effective so far as an individual what you can do is maintain good hygiene stay safe and stay indoors definitely for more conversations like this please stay tuned to pandemic podcast been over a month of lockdown and many are waiting for a professional grooming session however the job of the hairstylist is going to be the hardest in the post lockdown period due to the nature of the job my colleague l subramanian spoke to ambika pillai a beauty entrepreneur and a three decade industry veteran about how badly covid-19 and the lockdown have hit her industry ambika pillai is a three decade veteran in beauty industry she is styled many a film artists and sporting personalities she has her chain of salon and just launched her own brand of beauty products just when everything is going well comes the pandemic which has frozen up her entire industry now uh, ambika is with us and uh, ambika i'd like to ask you just give us an example of how badly uh, this uh, pandemic has hit the industry at large um you know uh, the beauty business is um it's a hands on um work that you do in salons and um there is no question of social distancing all salons have shut down as every other business and um 
like I said, there is absolutely no social distancing where we, we our job is hands-on. We work on clients, you know. We, we cut hair, we do makeup, we do facials and all the other treatments that happen is a one-on-one with a client. So, um, so it is not safe, basically, to in this pandemic that's happening to work um, at all. And I don't see when our industry can open up uh, because, um, because of this whole social distancing thing that cannot happen in this business. Yeah? And of course, we have large amounts of staff as well. And um, salaries have to go out. I have put a hold on all uh, rents to be paid. So, but salaries do have to go out with zero income coming in. So it's going to be a tough one. Yeah. It depends actually how long this pandemic is going to get drawn out. So how are you, how are you handling the situation? I mean, I, I know that this is, this is financially uh, a, a big wreck for many people. Um, uh, how am I handling it? I'm handling it with great difficulty, you know. Um, uh, I mean, the AP uh, skincare line is on and uh, e-commerce has opened up. So there is some kind of funds coming in from there. But also I kind of uh, racked my brains and, and I realized that I can do online consultation for people who can. So I've given out a number on all my social media handles for a fee, actually. Um, so they can call me in and, um, you know, they can have a one-on-one consultation. And uh, it works. it's working a little bit um, as in trying to raise funds from any which quarter uh, that I can keeping in mind the restrictions and uh, that's what I'm doing right now. So AP products are selling and consultation. Even if uh, the lockdowns were to be lifted uh, any time soon, I don't think it will be the same. The world is not going to be the same for, uh, for the beauticians and, and hairstylists, I guess. Yeah, it's not going to be the same ever again. Um, you know, in this industry, uh, I mean, one will have to think of how to First of all, it depends on how long this lockdown is going to um, to go on for. And once it's lifted, I, again, we'll have to keep social distancing in mind. And it's not possible to open anytime soon. We'll have to wait till life gets back to normal. And I, as far as I see it, life will only get back to normal once the vaccine is out. You know, so safety, uh, getting so close to a client or a client coming so close to us. Um, that's going to it's going to be difficult, and I don't know when that's going to happen. You know, so so all in all, the industry is going to take a huge beating. Yeah? As as an industry veteran, as someone who has weathered many storms before, what is your survival mantra for uh, uh, those in the beauty business, and also in general for anyone who is going through the same kind of crunch that we all find ourselves in? Um, I think we have to all start thinking out of the box now. Um, you know, it's also, of course, there is one thing that we can do is go to a client's house and work on the client. But again, you don't know what you're stepping into and what are the environments that you're stepping into. So I would be wary about sending my stuff out, uh, you know, instead of having them in the salon. Uh, there are, ch- there are, I'm sure a lot of people will actually start uh, offering the services home-based services but I don't think personally myself I would be comfortable sending my staff into homes that I don't know um, if it's safe or not so 
I would just, if I had to give anybody any advice where this industry is concerned, I would tell them to start thinking out of the box. I did uh, by giving, uh, coming up with this whole consultation thing. I mean, and I've also gone, um, you know, I was asked by IS officers um, and the district collectors of different states uh, to come up with videos for uh, the immigrant workers and how to cut hair. So because none of them can actually, nobody can actually go out and uh, get a haircut or uh, look after themselves. So I've actually made videos on easy, uh, you know, how to cut hair in your own premises and and uh, without compromising on social distancing. So uh, these are things that I can do and I have have done it as well since lockdown has happened. And uh, I mean, there are there's no money coming in from that end, but we'll have to start thinking of ways of doing things, maybe tutoring online, maybe, um, you know, teaching how to do makeup and hair and everything else online. Now everything is e-commerce and online. Everything is happening online. So let's see. I'll have to think of different ways on how to start generating some kind of funds, keeping in mind that this is my business. Abhika, thank you very much for that uh, inspiring message and uh, good luck with your effort to the business back. Thank you. Thank you so much, Supramani. I'm sure you have binged on cinemas on Netflix or Amazon Prime to kill the extra time you got due to the lockdown. However, have you ever wondered what happened to all those who work behind the screen to bring out those movies, especially the technical staff and laborers? How are they earning their livelihood? My colleague, Ahmed Sharif, spoke to Kannada film director Pavan Kumar, who has come up with a unique initiative to help the film industry workers. Joining us is Kannada film director Pavan Kumar. And Pavan has been helping workers in the film industry. Now let's hear from him what he is doing. So Pawan, could you tell us more about what you are doing? I just did it something in my individual capacity, which was uh, to create some sort of an awareness on social media, get more people to contribute. We raised 9 lakhs, um, uh, some 525 people coming together and uh, raising that money. And that was distributed to another 500 uh, workers at about 2,000 per head. And for some people, 1,000 rupees. So that was done. And then I also... Uh, created a website uh, where we collected all the UPI data of all the daily wage film workers and we put it up on the website in such a way that every time a visitor comes they will see one worker's information and they can pay them some money and um, that is how this whole website was done and uh, and I think every day some people are going and contributing some money to them. What motivated you to take up this cause and could you throw some light on what is the condition of the workers in the film industry? Basically on the Janata curfew day, uh, that's the first time even before the lockdown happened and uh, I read the social media article which said that Indians always expect the government to do something and they don't do things on their own. So um, that made me think that, uh, of course, this lockdown, the cinema industry shutdown happened, I think, around uh, March 17th. And I started figuring that there are so many daily wage workers who work in the film industry and they all must be going through a lot of trouble. And uh, there was these little discussions of uh, who will help the daily wage workers generic. But I thought nobody talks about the film daily wage workers much. And um, and I also, like I said, that line of uh, Indians always wait for government to do something. And I wanted to create a sort of a ripple effect by... Uh, 
going online and being active um, so that people know that just because it's a lockdown and they're sitting at home uh, doesn't have to make it look like a lockdown it could be used more and you could be more resourceful uh, today using digital technology there's so much that we can do and i wanted to sort of help the daily wage workers as well as set a live example that things can be done so that's what motivated me to uh, do it and uh, the conditions are very bad because uh, unlike other daily wage workers like construction workers um, they generally there is some construction work always happening and they may find more employment but in cinema industry it's not even without the lockdown there is long periods of time when these uh, daily wage workers don't have shooting or for some reason shooting gets cancelled and they don't get paid on that day so um, it is very difficult for them and uh, generally uh, uh since uh, it's going to take a while even if the rest of the ind- industries open up i don't think film industry is going to open up very soon um because all investment film is not an essential and not the priority at this point of time for everyone so all film productions are going to take a lot of time to uh, to start again um so i think they're in a lot of trouble and uh, they need more help than what we could offer what we offered is very little and people should come forward and uh, and think of doing more that's the need of the art thank you pawan take care if you want to highlight a similar story of kindness or are part of it do write to us at spreadkindness at deckandherald.co.in for more such stories visit bitly/thkindness that's it in today's episode if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to rate and review us on apple podcasts follow us on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify and many of your other favorite platforms do share this podcast with your friends family and on social media for latest updates on covid-19 and other news log on to www.techandherald.com follow our social media handles on twitter facebook instagram and youtube check out our e paper at www.deckandheraldepaper.com to be updated on the go follow our telegram channel t.me/deckandheraldnews for instant updates take care stay safe stay indoors